but I also wanted some warts, but we hadn't really worked on them. And so the day before we got married, we wound up in the bathroom painting things, um, mainly the walls, a little bit each other, and calling the poetry hotline and asking somebody else to write, essentially write vows for us. Greetings and welcome to this Poems for You, the show where we learn the story behind a poem, meet the person who inspired it, and surprise them with a new original poem written on the spot. I'm Molly Thornton, and in the lockdowns of the pandemic, I worked with West Hollywood City Poet Laureate Brian Sonia Wallace to create a poetry hotline that enabled people to call in during Pride Month to have a poem written for them by an LGBTQ poet on the topic of their choice. Today, Brian is speaking with Rachel, who used the poetry hotline to request wedding vows for her then imminent Zoom wedding with her now wife, Nicole. What Rachel doesn't know is that the original Pride poet who crafted their vows last year is listening in to write them a new poem based on the update they give here. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to This Poems for You. I am Brian Sonia Wallace. My pronouns are he and they, and I'm the founder of Pride Poets and Rent Poet. We write custom poems on a typewriter for people like you all over the country. And today we are joined by Rachel. Rachel, welcome. Hi. <laughs> How are you today, Brian? I am coming from a, a first glimpse at a bathhouse opera that I'm working on writing with a composer friend of mine. A bathhouse opera? Do you do you, do I get to go to the bathhouse to see this? Uh, we'll let you know. How about you? What's what's your tape in like? Well, uh, I didn't get to go to a bathhouse opera. Now I just want to go to a bathhouse. Um, <laughs> my day has mostly been filled with writing, and I actually I teach RE some Sundays, so I was teaching RE, so that's religious education. What were you teaching today? Um, I'm teaching a class called Coming of Age, which is essentially the Unitarian version of a bat mitzvah, but it's done in a group. So everybody writes a this I believe or credo statement, and then they read it at the end of the year. That's so cool. So they actually are, you're helping them write something that they're going to read up. It's like a personal mission statement. More of a like this I believe statement. And it's a like first kind of public reflection on yourself. So people write different things. Sometimes they write about a story that made them that solidified some of their beliefs. Somebody wrote an entire essay on um, an Albert Einstein quote about imagination being more important than knowledge. So it just kind of depends on what they're feeling. Um, it was something that I did when I was 13 and now I teach the classes. Do you remember what you wrote about it at 13? Yeah, I wrote poems actually. Um, I think my mom has it somewhere. One of them was called Toxic Sunrise, but I don't remember what the other two were called. <laughs> That is so exciting. It's interesting because I feel like it relates in some way to uh, to the Pride Poets practice of kind of talking to a poet and having them write a poem for you. Um, how did you How did you come to have your your poem written? What was the Do you remember that day? What was What was the thought process? What led to it? I was coming home from actually trying to sell a van that my wife Nicole and I had built out. Um, I'd been driving around in the mountains trying to convince people that they should buy my van um, because it doesn't fit in our garage. I came home and Nicole and her dog Winston had stayed home that weekend because she'd had some work, uh, but she decided that our bathroom was depressing 
because it was this very dark blue color. She called it the uh, dive bar bathroom. Um, and I came home to her trying to finish painting the bathroom a less depressing color before I got home, but she's a solid like four inches shorter than me and couldn't quite reach a couple spots. So I got home and she was like, damn it. And also good, reach those spots for me, will you? <laughs> so we were getting married the next day and we didn't have any vows. We hadn't written any vows. So we called in to your poetry hotline, but it was fun. We were essentially, I think one of us was sitting on the counter and the other one was sitting on the toilet while we were waiting for paint to dry talking to Natalie about this potential poem. I love that. I love that uh, that scene setting. And then before we get into the poem itself, I'm curious, I know that you mentioned uh, that you've been writing all day and that you wrote poems for your your Unitarian, Unitarian bat mitzvah, I forget, the, I forget the, the name that you called it. But I'm just curious to ask what your relationship with, uh, with writing is and with poems specifically. I hate it. You hate it. I hate writing. Poems are a much better form of writing. And I think because poems don't have to follow the same rules as like essays or things you submit for school. I, I love that, the, the safety, safety in poems. That's, there's, a, there's a solid amount of safety in poems because you're allowed to screw with language. I'm curious what it was like for you to, uh, to have someone write a poem for you. It was a little bit weird. I think it was weird because the whole idea of getting married was weird. This was not. Okay. Let me back up. My wife and I decided we got engaged. My wife and I got engaged for love and married for taxes. <laughs> I love that. So we got engaged for, we got engaged a, about a year after we started dating a little bit more than a year after we started dating. And then, um, that before we'd gotten engaged, my wife had decided to buy a house. But because I'm living with her and I'm in grad school, she's technically supporting me as far as housing goes. So I had introduced her to the lady that does my taxes. And we had emailed her with a question about taxes, like two weeks after we'd gotten engaged. And or then we'd gotten an email back from her with a joke at the end of it, which was like, so are you guys married yet? And we emailed her back and was like, no, but we're engaged. And she goes, okay, so you're getting married tomorrow. And we were like, no, we're not. There's a pandemic. It's not half. Like, it's going to take a while. And she was like, well, you should, as far as taxes goes. And then broke down the taxes and it's like, yeah, you'll be getting like 10 grand back in taxes if you get married and very little if you don't. So we went, okay, I guess we're getting married. Um, and Nicole was kind of down for going down to the courthouse and getting married the next day. And I was like, my parents would be pretty pissed if I didn't tell them that that's what we were doing. So we called our respective parents back and we're like, you know how we told you we were going to get married in like three years. Just kidding. We're getting married in July, which was the first day that we could find a date at a courthouse to get married. So we wound up having this date in July. So we were, we were getting married kind of rushed and people, my parents were driving up and her mom was flying out from Florida. And the part of a wedding that had always been the most important to me was like standing up in front of friends and family and having your friends and family there. And I always assumed that like we would take the time to sit down and, and write vows, but we didn't 
because we were getting married in a month and a half and the bathroom needed to be painted and I had to finish school and she was ending a project for what she was working on at work. So it was just kind of like, okay, well, whatever, we're going to get married. So we decided to build a pillow fort um, and that was going to be our celebratory piece. But I also wanted some words, but we hadn't really worked on them. And so the day before we got married, we wound up in the bathroom painting things, mainly the walls, a little bit each other. and calling the poetry hotline and asking somebody else to write, essentially write vows for us. Um, so that was, it was just kind of odd where we wound up. Very pandemic oriented, very much not what I expected, but I was down. Would you share the, uh, the text of the poem of your, of your vows? Sure. It's finally here, the destination after all those miles in cramped quarters. I was worried we'd be all cats and dogs, but Winston and Half Pint made it work. So can we. The world has changed at the moment I found my constant. Great timing, universe. And you'll cool off my warm tone, my tone my pastel down and make all my blues lighter because it makes the bathroom feel bigger anyway. Thank God for BuzzFeed. You BuzzFeed my soul. Nourish me, make my hand feel complete with yours in it as we wander through life, through the Castro, through Feliz Natal's in Brazil. But I never have to wander alone again. P.S. The universe says you're welcome. Natalie Nicole Dressel. The bathroom line makes a lot of sense after the story Mm -hmm. that you just told. Otherwise, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. How did you share the text at the wedding? Did you like read it to each other back and forth? Um, so it's it's kind of written in here. It's kind of written into paragraphs. And so we kind of mm. we sort of read it paragraph by paragraph. I wanted to follow up on on one line from the poem uh, that I thought was kind of interesting. And I wonder if you could kind of unpack what it meant uh, in your context. The, the world has changed at the moment I found my constant. So Nicole and I met each other on Bumble. It says BuzzFeed here because I kept calling it BuzzFeed. I'd forget it was called Bumble. And people would ask us where we've met and I'd say BuzzFeed. And then they'd look at me like I was nuts. And I'm like, it's a dating app. Why are you looking? No, it's not. It's not BuzzFeed. It's Bumble. But so. Nicole was a listicle when you met her. Was a what? She was a listicle. a listicle. Top 10, Uh, the like top 10 reasons why it's what BuzzFeed is all about. I mean, both of us were working on our own listicles when we met each other and it was top 10 craziest dating stories you've gotten from the internet. Because the last internet date that Nicole went on before she met me, she met somebody who only talked about conspiracy theories. And the last internet date that I went on before I met Nicole was... um, a woman who was a physics professor who dressed like my mother in the seventies. Um, and that's essentially why I chose to go out on a date with her is I was very curious to see if she was my mother from the seventies. Turns out she wasn't, but it made for an interesting story anyway. (laughs) So, but we actually met each other three days before shutdown happened. Uh, uh, the world has changed at the moment I found my constant. So Nicole and I met each other, actually assuming that the other person was going to be completely nuts. And we were collecting dating stories for our friends. 
essentially. We were going to go home and call our friends and tell them how nuts this person was. Um, neither of us wound up doing that, but we wound up as shutdown happened, both of us decided to keep the other one, you know, just for now for, you know, crazy purposes until the red flag showed up, uh, in each other's COVID circles. And it turns out we actually really liked each other. And the other one didn't put off any red or the red flags. The other one put off were ones that the other person could deal with. At one point, Nicole looked at me and asked Mm -hmm. me what my red flags were. And I was like, um, you're watching them with me on my computer. I just bought a van and announced that I wanted you to come with me across the country. And you said, yes. So that's it. That's those are my red flags. Um, I want to live in a van by the river. And you said, yes. So that's fine. We're down. (laughs) And so you did, you, you went across the country in this van for how much of quarantine? We actually spent more time building it out than we did going across the country. So we started building it out in July. We built it out in July and August. We left at the end of August and were driving around in it from August until mid-November. And that would be the cramped quarters mm-hmm. in the right? That would be the cramped quarters. But we then did something nuts. We left the van with my parents, packed all of our animals, plus a new puppy in the in Nicole Subaru, and drew, drove it over to Florida. So we had cramped quarters several times where it was going to be all dogs and cats because <laughs> we have three animals. That's That's a lot lot of animals. animals. And that was in, that was June. So that would have been like the year before you got the poem, right? Yeah. So it had kind of been coming out of that year. And then I'm really curious now that we're talking, it's been kind of a year since that's happened. And I wonder if you were to like call back uh, into the hotline and get another poem now, like a year later, what, what would have changed? What would the update poem, you know, what would need updated? I don't think any, but anything needs updating. There would just be more to the poem. There would just be a year more, mm. a, a, another year of adventures to the poem. What's that year look like? I work at Renaissance fairs. And so both getting to go to Renaissance fairs and learning how to navigate them. Cause we essentially had most of our first year of our relationship in lockdown. There was really not much that we were doing other than hanging out with each other so just like the year after the year after we got married was a lot of like negotiating how to rejoin the world and be like ah yes hello world i'm back and oh yeah i have this other person with me have you met them yet yeah how did you navigate that little by little i mean it as the world opens up more slowly it was like hang out with some friends and feel a little bit more comfortable with that okay cool now we've got these covid tests that we can take I have a huge family and Nicole hasn't met most of them. So she met some of my giant family. We went to my cousin's wedding, going through finishing grad school, all kinds of things with that. Yeah. I'm curious with, with grad school. Cause I mean, that's, that's a thing too. If like, if you were to call back today, maybe it wouldn't even be a relationship poem. Like, would it be a grad school poem? (laughs) I don't know. If I were to call back today, probably ask for a poem about the animals in our house because I think they're really funny and that would make for a more entertaining poem. <laughs> they're nuts. What is it? Winston and half pint from the poem. Um, I think Bailey was in this poem too, because Bailey showed up in November of 2020. So Bailey was already there. Cause Bailey was at our wedding. 
I'm curious with this, the physical text of this poem, where does it live now in your house? Where do you keep the, the physical Oh, poem? in my love box. Okay. I, you have a love box? I do. I have a love box that lives on my bookshelf, but I call it my love box. And it's the box of things that you get to read if you aren't feeling super confident in yourself and realizing that other people have confidence mm. in you. So I call it my love box. And I know it sounds like a spot where I keep a bunch of lubes and dildos, but it's not. I promise. It's just worse. I mean, that's not a bad way to sound. No, it's um, not. no I, I love that. I love that intention for it. The idea that it's there. It's something that you can return to when you're having that, um, that moment. What does it feel like now when you look back at this poem? I like that poem. I like the, I like the images that it conveys. I like the words that I know are mine and Nicole's that got used for that. And then there's also some stuff that I know is very much Natalie's that's in that poem that come, that come up and you're like, okay, somebody else wrote this poem for us. It wasn't like Nicole and I definitely weren't the ones, weren't the only ones participating in the writing of this poem, which is kind of fun to be able to pick out all of the different words. Hmm. I like that. It's sort of the, the feeling is like a puzzle box. You're like picking it apart. Yeah. It's kind of like a private puzzle box. Cause I don't think. I don't think anybody other than me and Nicole would be able to pick it apart. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for, for coming on and talking to us. And we have a, a little something for you as a thank you for coming onto the podcast, which is that uh, hiding in the wings, we have had Natalie listening as oh, we've been fun. chatting and writing a follow-up poem for you. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, so nice to see you, Rachel. To see you in person for once. I know, once. I, I got to talk to you over the phone last year, but I didn't get to see your face. It was such a nice moment of connection. That was like a lonely time for me too. It was really nice to have people calling in to have like kind of intense conversations. Yeah, that, that I mean, we called in, we're like, hey, you ready to write some wedding vows? And I was like, ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Natalie, um, I would love to hear this updated poem. Take it away. All right. So uh, I, I, I would have, if I were there to talk to you and pick it apart, I would have gotten so much more information about your animals. Uh, <laughs> but, as it, but as it stands, I just used the info I was plucking from this conversation. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So Rachel, this, I believe, and it might make me cry but nothing's more romantic than watching paint dry. That's where we spoke right in that room on the night before pillow fort wedding zoom <laughs> engaged for love married for taxes. Cause love and poems don't need to follow other people's rules. All is Ren fair in love, in love with Winston half pint and Bailey vans will come and vans will go. Imagination larger than knowledge is the credo. And we've and we'll all come of age and come of age together, and we'll make our cold nights warmer and our hard sunrises less toxic. Bumble, Buzzfeed, put it in the love box. In the end, does it even matter? We're all the same star stuff. Our love is the universe coming back together, and that's what makes the stars in your eyes shine brighter. Ah, that's fun. Thanks so much, Natalie. Thank you. I'll have to read that to Nicole when she gets home. 
So good. Natalie, how was it uh, for you writing the the poem update and hearing hearing where, how this poem is kind of lived and, and, you know, you knew going in that you were writing someone's vows. That's so intense. Yeah, that's really intense. It's like, I'm, I'm really, really glad to have this check in because, you know, that's a moment where I was like fully there and like visualizing this relationship and really like living with it. And then boom, it's gone. Uh, so checking back in in a year, I'm so glad that like, you found that reality has lived up to the promise of the poem. <laughs> I like that idea, the promise of the poem. That is the hope. We all hope our love lives are, are like poetry in practice. And then Natalie, I'm curious <laughs> if, you, uh, <laughs> if you can talk a little bit as, as a, a writer and performer and all of these other things, how this process of writing poems for other people, how has that fit in for you or how has that... Um, been for you just as a as a writer it's been really good to like turn off the the things that sort of criticize stuff because when you when you do this sort of process you just kind of have to go um which is kind of good to be able to get out of your head so like now when I'm doing writing that's not poetry I will often start with like poems as sort of like based kernels of like emotion or energy that I will base like a scene off of and uh, I also really loved what you said Rachel about how you can pick out uh, the different parts of us in the poem because because I always say it's like it's not exactly a you poem and it's not exactly a me poem it's just what happens when our energies meet and then that's that's created it's it's what happens when we collide well thank you so much Natalie thank you Rachel thank you to folks listening in remember that wherever you're at in your life there's a poem for that and this poem's for you that's it that's the podcast Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thanks for listening to This Poem's For You. If you like what you heard, pass this episode along to a friend and rate and review the show. It really helps us spread poetry. You can tag and follow us at Pride Poets on Instagram and find out more at rentpoet.com slash pridepoets. This Poems for You is created by me, Molly Thornton, and Brian Sonia Wallace. Theme music is by Sonder Choi, and cover art is by Adrian Rodriguez. Pride Poets is supported by a grant from the City of West Hollywood's Arts Division as part of the city's We Hope Pride LGBTQ Arts Festival. Find out more at www.weho.org pride. We acknowledge our presence on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the peoples known as Tongva, Keech, or Gabrieleño, past, present, and emerging. Join us next time for more Poetry Reunions.